This is Jamila Blue from Conscious Michiana. Our purpose is to connect Michiana to holistic practitioners and mind, body, spirit events and places within our community. Today's guest is Cassie Seal. We talk about her long journey from physical therapist to a cranial sacral wisdom based healer here in South Bend. As you are listening to this podcast, you may find that you are interested in learning more about the holistic resources in our community. For a full directory listing, please visit www.consciousmichiana.com. You can also find us on Facebook as well as Instagram, and we have a newsletter for you to sign, sign up for. If you are a practitioner and want to become part of our growing community, please join the Michiana Holistic Hub Facebook group. You may also subscribe to the Conscious Michiana website to add your bio and any upcoming events that you may have to offer for free. If you enjoy this podcast, please help us out by leaving us some stars and a review. This will help more than you may realize. In the podcast world, this goes a long way in helping others find us, and it's free. We are excited about our new not-for-profit status and have several ways that you can help support our mission in expanding awareness of non-traditional healing modalities within the community. You can learn more about this on our donate page. Every little bit helps. So let's get started. Cassie Seal, welcome to Conscious Michiana's podcast. It's such a pleasure to be able to have this conversation with you tonight. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you um, already. I feel like we've had a great conversation and I'm looking forward to just diving in and talking more. Yeah, I am as well. So what I'd like to be able to do is just uh, to kind of get to know you a little bit, um, you know, for myself, I, I know a bit of your backstory from just, you know, the time that I've known you over the last couple of years. I, if I remember right, we first met at Holistic Hub, like back maybe in 2019. Does that sound about right? I believe that you yeah. uh, came to the first one with. Um, yeah, Deanna Waggy. Yeah, Deanna Waggy, of course. Of course, speaking of names, we're just having an offline name conversation and <laughs> and I'm so horrible with names. I was wanting to make sure I was saying Cassie's name correctly. And yeah, Deanna, she's such a special lady. I love her so much. She's wonderful. Wonderful. Phenomenal. Yeah, I love, love Deanna. Yeah. So it's, it's been a um, couple of years and just over the, the course of getting to know you a little bit during our holistic hub and um, we did like a little meetup at your location, and I was just really impressed by your breadth of services and your background, and I really was excited about having you today just so that we can dive more into your story because I think that our listeners and those in our community would love to hear about who you are and what you do and how you got to where you are right now. Is it okay yeah. to just have you give a little history about how you absolutely. got here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the Machina community um, and I went away for a few years. I got married. I did uh, physical therapy school out in North Dakota. 
Um, I've always had this like super fascination with the human body. And that started out very much like on the physical plane, right? Like exercise, I was very into sports. Um, and that was kind of what led me to go into physical therapy. Um, and so, you know, fast forward, I'm working as a physical therapist, um, for a number of years, I was super blessed to come across a mentor, um, in this community actually that I worked with for five years and he really just kind of opened me to like a more alternative holistic approach to healing the body. So he was doing a lot of myofascial work, Pilates, um, introduced me to craniosacral therapy. Um, it was, you know, just such an expansive experience for me. Um, and even beyond, you know, working with him, I ended up just pursuing, I, I fell in love with craniosacral therapy. So I, you know, I've studied in depth, um, and, and with that, the somato-emotional release, um, I was introduced to Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. So I've studied um, with an acupuncturist in Ohio. I, um, just, I, I love all things Eastern medicine and being able to like synthesize, right? Like this knowledge that I have about the human body from a more Western perspective um, and just synthesizing it with the Eastern and, and making sense of it in a way that's really practical for myself and for my patients. Um, outside of that, like I would say my own healing journey um, influenced so much the work that I do right now. I, you know, I started out being so, um, so obsessed with the physical body and movement. Um, and it wasn't until I had my daughter uh, almost 13 years ago now, and I started having digestive issues. Um, and so then I became like, <laughs> like I have a tendency to really jump into things, but I became super hyper-focused on like diet and nutrition and healing my body through food. Um, and I struggled for, you know, the better part of five years with my digestive health after she was born. Um, and it wasn't until I went and saw another holistic practitioner who, um, it, it started with a diagnosis of gestational diabetes. So I was having a hard time regulating my blood sugars. Um, and that just progressed into a whole host of other symptoms. But I remember sharing my story with this woman and she said to me, Oh, how interesting that like, there's, you know, your body is having trouble regulating like sugar sweetness. And, you know, there's not a lot of sweetness in your life right now. Like there's just not a lot of joy. And it was one of those moments where like, it's like the brick comes down and just like lands on your head. It was just one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, I've been chasing the wrong thing. Like I've been going down this path thinking that like, I need the right foods and the right supplement and the right this and the right that. And there it was like, I just didn't have enough joy in my life. Um, so that, that was like a really pivotal moment where I started to understand that there's this whole other element of like spiritual and emotional health um, that I hadn't been aware of and I hadn't been tapping into. And I feel like that was really like this like, um, like pivot point in my career where I was like, okay, <laughs> Yeah, there's all this physical stuff and that's important, but like, let's get to what really matters. Let's get to the root of what's creating all of our physical symptoms. And really that's so much of what my practice is about is helping people um, understand that it's not always the physical, right? It, we can't, like it manifests in our physical body, but 
but the way to actually heal it is through the emotions, through healing the mind um, and healing the spirit, like getting us back in touch with the spirit that's within us. That's been for many of us, like conditioned out of us. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that brings me pretty much to the present where I'm at in my own practice. Um, I worked the better part of 10 years, I think of my career in like mainstream physical therapy. And it was about four years ago that I shifted into my own private practice. Um, mainly just, I was really frustrated with, um, having to only focus on the physical body, right? Like I, I was seeing such this bigger picture of what it means to heal. And I was just feeling this frustration of like wanting to do so much more with my patients and feeling like I wasn't able to within the limits of like, um, the traditional physical therapy system. Wow. That is an incredible story. I, I love that you were chasing joy and you decided to make joy a part of your life very deliberately. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. So in regard to, I mean, I'm, I was just thinking as you were explaining this, what a leap of courage it must have had to have been for you to leave those years of being a traditional physical therapist and in, in that role, however that was, to be able to start in your own practice. I mean, that's pretty awesome that you're able to make that leap because that's pretty yeah. courageous to be able to do that. It, it was, and it, like, I, I have often shared with people that I'm like a reluctant, like this was early, like really just, I guess, in the last year that I've like stopped saying this, but I, for years I was like, I'm a reluctant business owner. And what I meant by that was like, I didn't really want to have my own practice. I didn't really want all the stress of it, but I didn't really see that there was any other option because here I am like, like with all this, like knowledge this wisdom about like what it means to really heal. And I'm like, people need, people need this. They need to know that like, you know, I see, I, I was seeing so many people just getting on the carousel of modern medicine, right? You go to one doctor, they don't know what to do with you. So you go to another doctor and then you go to another doctor and it's like, two years later, and maybe you've got a diagnosis by that time, but really like your symptoms are either the same or worse in many cases. And there's just so much frustration in that system. And so I just, I knew that I had more to offer people. And I, I just like, it, it, it didn't really even feel like a choice at the time. It just felt like something that I had to do. That's pretty amazing. Hmm. I was, um, when I was looking over just the things on your website as I was just preparing a little bit for our conversation tonight, I really was drawn in um, on your website and I, I, you had mentioned a pre-show that you're, you've got some changes and I wanna to talk to you about that later. But one of the things that I had seen that I really loved is that you are a heart translator, body interpreter, guide to spirit and then you have in quotations, when the heart speaks, the body heals. And you also have on there, master the art of being human and happy. I just love that. And you have, you, you speak about wisdom healing and the wisdom healing process. Can you talk a little bit about how you started karma and the story of karma um, and just how you got to the wisdom healing process? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so Kerma, the name Kerma itself means turtle in Sanskrit. 
And to me at the time that I founded Karma, what turtle represented for me was this idea that within our shell, like our, our tough outer shell, we have all this wisdom, like, like the heart of our being, the spirit of our being, it's all inside and everything that we need to know in order to heal, in order to be happy, in order to experience joy, in order to be abundant, you know, whatever it is that we desire, all, all that we need is already within us, right? Like everything is there. It's not, it's not out there in the world. Like we so often get confused and think that it is. Um, and so that's, that, that was the meaning of turtle for me at the time. And originally my tagline was awareness-based healing, which symbolizes like, or symbolized to me that, um, like awareness was what healed, right. If I become aware of what's going on inside of me, then I can heal my body. Right. And so what I realized as I was doing this work is that awareness is only like this much, right? Like how often do people like, like take weight loss, for example, right? We know, we know we need to exercise more and eat less, but people still struggle, right? We know, we know how to lose weight, but we don't necessarily do it, right? And so wisdom like the jump from awareness-based healing to wisdom healing was really about putting our our knowledge our awareness into action so wisdom is about experiencing who we are becoming experiencing you know if we have this limiting belief from our conditioning limiting belief whatever you want to call it from our childhood it's like wrecking like awareness is like recognizing that that exists in our past and um, knowing that that's why you behave the way that you do at times. And wisdom is like knowing that it's, that's why you behave that way. And then actually changing and transforming the way that you're being in your life. Um, so, you know, it's really this gap between like going from knowledge to wisdom and wisdom is like you know, it's the art of becoming, it's the mastering the art of being human and happy. Um, and we can't, we, we can't do it without bridging that gap between the two. Mm. Um, so you hinted to it a little bit. So the interesting thing that, you know, I'm going through this really, um, big transformation in my life and also in my business. And so what I'm recognizing now is that, this turtle shell of protection, um, it needs to go away for me, right? Like in some ways, you know, create the, the creation of karma for me was like me still hiding behind my own protective shell and, and also recognizing that in the art of becoming human and becoming happy and becoming who I truly am. Like, I don't really need this protective shell. Like I, it, it, it's, um, you know, for me where I'm at and where I'm seeing it now, it's like, I don't need to hide behind a shell anymore. And I don't want that for my clients either. It's like, just radiate who we are from the inside out. Like, that's what it means for me to heal right now. It's just being fully aligned with like my inner being and allowing that to like come forth out into the world. So the name Kerma, um, 
I don't know when, I don't know what the name's going to be, but it is changing. I'm restructuring it for that reason. And I'm super excited about this change. It feels really significant to me and really important. Like it's all, it's all in the meaning of it for me and recognizing, right? I became aware that there was still this layer of protection for myself um within my business and recognizing that and now it's like now I get to take the action steps and take that from awareness into wisdom as I continue to move forward and grow this practice I love that and you you, and you and you speak to it so well um Mm -hmm. the, the art of becoming I mean you know isn't that I know that that's my goal is to become more fully online and be more fully present than what I am today and I consider myself pretty present but there's always room to to be more online and more more present and you know to see more of what we don't see and I love how that's been your journey and and I also really love how you're able to recognize that change in the shift and you're not and and you're willing to adapt to that change and to grow and expand in the ways that are working for you, as opposed to saying, this is the way that everybody knows me. This is the name that it's going to be. I'm going, you know, like it's not worth the hassle of changing all these things up. That is what it is. And, you know, so, I mean, you, as a business owner, it's really easy to do that because you put so much, <laughs> there's so much effort into brand name and right, you know, and all of the branding and all of the things that go along with it. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, awesome that you're willing to change in your business as you grow and evolve to allow your business to grow and evolve with you. That's really amazing. I love and that. Truth, truth be told, when I first heard the words, let go of karma, I was um, working with a business coach and I literally heard the words come through. You have to let go of karma. So truth be told, I cried for like a day straight. <laughs> I like, really, I just went into this tremendous like grieving process um and you know that was part of just the necessary journey right like grieving what has been so that I can create space for something new to come in maybe a month or two ago that 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 first came in and so I'm it's kind of like right healing is this journey where it's like there's highs and lows and I think people expect to just I think oftentimes we have this expectation of it's just like all of a sudden I'm just going to be there, right? I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be there. And it's like, no, it's actually this like really windy up and down journey. Um, but there's so much joy in the journey. Like if I think of my life, like before I was really awake and present to my life, like it was just this kind of like, like autopilot drudging through life. And now it's like, oh, like I actually am having fun on the roller coaster. It's amazing. That's beautiful. I love that. And, you know, in life, I mean, when you were talking about joy earlier, I, I often, when, when I think about joy for myself and for others, just joy is joy, I often equate it to our baseline of being. To me, joy is our baseline. And if we're not feeling joyful and we don't have a sense of joy, then there's something that's going on um, because it's our natural state, I believe to be is joy. Um, 
So it's, it is this that. constantly, it is this constant evolution of that organic, that organic process. I mean, in nature, there's no straight lines. It's all, you know, here and there and everywhere. And, you know, following the little patterns around there's, there's nothing linear so much in nature that I'm aware of that I can think of it yeah. at, at any rate, because it's, it's an organic yeah. process. Yeah, I like the idea of like using joy kind of like as your compass or your barometer for like, okay, how am I doing? Okay, if I'm not in joy, that means something's going on. And like, let's dive in and explore what that is. And the other thing that I think is important to say about joy is like, what I see so often is like, there's two ends of the spectrum, right? If like joy is in the middle of this like continuum, at one end, we often have what I call like excitement. And then at the other end is like any negative emotion, right? Where you're angry, you're upset, you're depressed, you're sad. Um, but so often we confuse joy with actually being over here in excitement, but excitement is like the, it's what we get attached to, right? It's the, like this type of energy. And it's like, sometimes we, it's like, I always think of that, like Christmas morning for me as a kid was this type of like, that's, it was so exciting and magical. And I just wanted that all the time. And so I think sometimes we think that that's joy and it's really not like, that's like our attachment to excessive joy almost, or like magical, mysterious, um, joy. And it's like, no, actually joy is just like a really peaceful state of being. It's, it's not like, it's not all the hyper energy that we sometimes confuse it to be. It can be as simple as seeing a flower and mm. the joyfulness that I feel when I see the flower open, or if I see a bug, a, a bee swarming around a, a flower in, 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 the, in the warmer months, that just to be able to recognize the aliveness in it and the little thing that just makes my heart leap and put a smile on my face or the simple thing of children laughing you know it's just to me it's the, just the simple things and you're right it it has a sense of peacefulness to it mm -hmm. um yeah so when I talk about joy as a baseline, there's absolutely no plastic or forcedness to it. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's really hard to describe. And I think that you've done a great job of just separating that, that, that scale or that spectrum of excitement versus mm -hmm. boredom or any negative emotion. And joy is that navigational compass to be able to move from. That's, that's poignant. That's awesome. I yeah. like that. Thank you. I do too. And I love your description of joy, you know, the flower, child laughing. That's so, it so just embodies the energy of joy, right? That is, mm -hmm. and, and it's different for all of us. What brings us joy is different for all of us, but I think those are pretty universal things, you know, flower, mm -hmm. nature, children. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I'm excited to see what's to come with the evolution of your practice and where it's going to be moving forward. So that's pretty exciting for you to go through that, that evolution within your practice. I wanted to ask, can we go into your services that you offer? You had mentioned um, cranial sacral therapy. I don't know what that is. Maybe you can explain that. And maybe you can also talk about like your other services that you offer. As well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to be really geeky 
as I talk about craniosacral therapy. Um, so it was developed um, in the 70s by an osteopathic physician, Dr. John Upledger. He just passed away a few years ago. Um, but he was assisting a neurosurgeon in, um, I don't know if it was a, a surgery on the brain or the spinal cord, but somewhere along the central nervous system. And the surgeon had asked him to hold this little slip of dura, which is the covering over the brain and the spinal cord. And so he's got these forceps and he's trying to hold this slip of dural tissue and it keeps slipping out of his forceps. Um, and the, the neurosurgeon's looking at him like, come on, like, I just asked you to hold this little slip of tissue here. And he's like, I can't, it's like, it's moving out of the forcep. And so that really launched his entire career because he went on to study, like, why is the dural tissue around the brain and spinal cord? Why is it moving? And what he discovered is that it actually has a pulse to it, just like, like our blood pulses through our body, the cerebral spinal fluid also pulses throughout that canal, um, between the brain and, um, sorry, between the brain spinal cord and the dural covering. Um, and so as he went on to study it, he realized that he could palpate that rhythm of the cerebral spinal fluid anywhere on the body. Um, he hypothesized that it was being transmitted through the fascia of the body. And that's why he could feel it anywhere. Um, and so he starts treating, um, like recognizing when that pulse or that rhythm was out of balance in the body. So he could put his hand on the temporal bone or the sacral bone, and he could recognize like, oh, this is like, there's a dysfunction happening here. And so he would just, um, treat it with really gentle pressure, like reset balance to this, to the cranial sacral system. And so fast forward a number of years, he's working with clients and he starts to recognize like sometimes they would go into like a past trauma or like releasing an emotion or, you know, something would start to surface. And he started to realize that the craniosacral rhythm was changing as they were going through this process. And so he started to call um, what he termed the significance detector. So the, the cerebral spinal fluid, that rhythm would actually stop when they were going into their therapeutic process, or he would ask them a question and the rhythm would stop or they would say something and the rhythm would stop. And so he termed this the significance detector because what he realized was happening is that um, what he later termed the, the inner wisdom, the cerebral spinal fluid, that pulse was actually guiding the therapeutic process so that when it would stop, it would be like, okay, yeah, like follow that, like follow what they had just said or, or go more into that emotion or go more here or just feel what's coming up. Um, and so he started using that rhythm as a guide to being able to help his patients. And so that's really how somatoemotional emotional release under his model of care was, was developed. And so, um, that's such the, like, I, I do a very eclectic blend of manual therapies right now, but so much at the heart of everything I do is being able to tap into this cranial sacral rhythm at any time when I'm working with my patients. And it's literally, I'm just following that rhythm. So I always describe it. It's kind of like, um, I do, I do a lot of talking at the very beginning of a session, we set an intention. And even as I'm talking and like, I'm feeling for that cranial sacral rhythm, right. Because it'll, um, like if you say something about something that happened when you were five years old and like, it's like, there's this I don't know how to describe it, but the way I sense it is kind of like the inner wisdom's going, yeah, yeah, like that, that, that's so important. Like follow that up, go more into that. Um, and versus like, 
I talk about how like there's two different voices, right? When we get kind of sidetracked in our mind space, we're like, like all the analytical and logical and rationalized thoughts are happening. There's this kind of energy that's like um, the teacher on Charlie Brown. (laughs) And so literally as I'm, as I'm, you know, talking to my patients, I'm literally like kind of just listening for these two energies. So I can feel like one when it's that like, here, this, 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 go here. It's like that heart space. It's that inner wisdom that's guiding it. And when it's that wah, 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 it's like, okay, now that's just what you're conditioning. That's, that's all the stuff that's just going on in your head. that's distracting you from what's really at the heart of the matter. Um, so that's craniosacral therapy in a nutshell. And so much of like how I use it in my practice now is just like, you know, using that inner wisdom as the guide, like, right. It's not me guiding the session anymore. It's literally the inner wisdom of my patient's body. That's guiding the treatment. That's so amazing. So I I was trying to visualize what that would be like, like if I was a patient and I was working with you and you're going through and you're, so are your hands like on my head? Are your hands like on my pulse? Is it like a pulse point, like in five elements, Chinese medicine type thing, or is it similar, but different? Like it it can be. And it like, honestly, if you go to 10 different craniosacral therapy practitioners, you're going to get 10 very different feeling treatments and they're all good, right? Like there's nothing like this isn't good or this is bad. Like it's just all in how the practitioner prefers, I think, or um, how they've learned to work with the body. Um, So that's really evolved in my practice as well. I used to be very hands-on, right? I'm a physical therapist. So everything was very manual therapy, hands-on. And what I'm discovering, like the more I work with this is that I actually just have a gift to sense this energy very clearly, like, right? The energy between the head and the heart. Um, and so I can pick up on it, just talking to somebody, which is why I've been really blessed to be able to take my work online through all of COVID. Um, I'm doing more and more virtual sessions with people and it's, you know, I was really nervous at first cause I thought, oh my gosh, like if I can't use my hands, what, like, how is this going to work? And I've been really pleasantly surprised to recognize that like it, just in conversation, right? Like, and I think that the added benefit of that for my patients is that they have to actually um, like step up their game a little bit more because now they're in charge of their own energy. Like I'm guiding, I'm, I'm a lot more in the guide role versus if my hands are there, there's a little bit more passiveness to the treatment for the patient. And so I, I find that my virtual clients are actually taking a more active role in their healing not all of them, but in general, that's what I'm discovering to be true is that it really helps them take a more active role in um, shifting energy in their body. That is so profound. I mean, truly, I, I love how you describe that. And I just love how that works. I mean, that's just so cool. Yeah. Our bodies are so cool. I mean, really, they're just so amazing. Our, our bodies are amazing. And they know exactly what to do. We just have to get out of the Indeed. Up here. <laughs> we Indeed. have to get our mind out of the way and the body knows exactly what to do to heal itself. Exactly. Exactly. We do have a little inner healer within for sure. For sure. If I was coming to you for a visit, do you have multiple services available or is it one type of thing that you hone in on? Yeah. Um, so I offer 
I, I use a variety of modalities within every session. Um, the services are really just time-based at this point. So I offer 30, 60 or 90 minute sessions. And within that there, like there's a, a realm of services possibilities, right? I do yoga with my clients. I'm, um, I use meditation. I do the cranial sacral therapy. I do the acupressure. I talk through, you know, the somato emotional release, which is like a talk therapy, um, combined with the body work. Um, and it's really, um, I don't think I'm trying to think of most of my clients right now. Most of them don't come to me with like a specific, I want to do yoga for an hour. It's really, um, we have this trust, right? Cause they understand that I'm dialoguing with their body and that their body knows what they need on that particular day. So even, even if they come with the intention of doing yoga or just receiving body work, sometimes it's like, Hey, like <laughs> your body needs this actually today. Um, and is it okay if we focus on that? And, um, for the most part, everybody is like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like give my body exactly what it wants. So yoga, you are a certified yoga practitioner, 500 hours. That's a lot in the yoga world. I mean, that means that you've done some, some work with yoga. So like, if I wanted to come in and see you, for a, for a session. And I said, Hey, I, I, I just want to do an hour's worth of yoga with you. I mean, that's an option or do, is it just something that comes up as a natural part of let's get me moving in a way that I'm not currently and yoga is beneficial for that. Yeah. Um, I don't do a lot of only yoga sessions and I, um, I don't necessarily think that it's because it's not effective or not beneficial. It's more just, I think that I'm more known for the somato emotional release component of what I do. And I think that, um, that's what, I, whether that's just what I'm known for, or that's just how I've marketed myself. I'm not sure what it is, but, um, absolutely. Like I can very well do an entire session of yoga with somebody. Um, the other thing that almost almost every session I start out with everybody on the map and I just like, um, I'll have my client stand right in front of me and I'll just put my hands on their back and I'm just tapping into their energy. And what I'm finding, um, that the inner wisdom is showing me most often as of recently is like, um, what I call like a power pose or it's not even always a yoga pose. Like sometimes it's just a position. Like, um, I'll have a lot of people get into like a surrender position, um, or a position like a power pose would be like a position of strength, right? If somebody like, if you have a, a, a postural habit, when you're confronted by somebody, like, right. A lot of people kind of shrink or back away. Um, so the body will show me that pattern and then it'll show me like the power, the counter power pose that like helps them stay on their own ground or, um, stay like stay present rather than like retreating. Right. So whatever the, the habitual or the conditioned responses, the body is actually showing them like how to counteract that when they're in the moment, when they're being triggered, when they're in a space of fear, it's like, no, actually step forward into, into the confrontation, into the fear and stand your ground. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Okay. That's, that's super helpful. So services, 
would be the time frame, and then you use your the the various modalities that you've built into your practice to be able to essentially get to the crux of what's going on with the person and be able to allow for healing in your session through those modalities is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the intention is so important. Like the, I set an intention or I have my client set an intention before every session. Um, and so that might look like I want to relieve my shoulder pain or I want to heal my back pain, or I want to understand, um, like the dynamics of a challenging relationship that they're in, or I want to understand why I feel so anxious all the time, you know, like the, the intentions like have such a broad range to them now. Um, and that's what really sets the tone, right? Cause it's like, once we have that intention and, and what the, the patient wants, then I ask the inner wisdom, like, is this, is this an okay intention that we work toward this today? Sometimes the, the inner wisdom will kind of tweak the wording of it. Like, how about let's actually like shift it just a little bit this way. Um, but the inner wisdom knows like, right. It's like targeted, right. It knows right where to go in order to uncover what's blocking them from being able to heal whatever, it is, whether it's anxiety or knee pain or back pain, like whatever it is, the inner wisdom is like, yep, got this. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. So would you give us a tour? Like, would you verbally give us a tour of your space? Like if I was coming to visit you for the first time, like what, what should yeah. I expect? So my physical office space is located in the Colfax Cultural Center, which is about a mile west of downtown South Bend on Lincoln Way. Um, it's a beautiful old two-story brick schoolhouse. Um, and so there's several different business owners in there. Southwell Dance has their um, dance studios in there. So if you're there in the evening when the dancers are there, there's lots of ballerinas flitting about and the, it just adds to the ambiance of the space. It's really beautiful. Um, my, my office is on the second floor and unfortunately there's no elevator. So I do have to warn anybody who has um, difficulty climbing stairs. It is challenging to get to my office at this point. But when you walk into the space, there are three huge windows. Um, the ceilings, I don't even know how tall they are, but the, like I couldn't reach the top of the ceiling on my tallest ladder <laughs> when I was painting. So it's just gorgeous tall ceilings, huge windows, lots of natural light. Um, I've got space. I've got two yoga mats set up, um, in the room. They're, they're out all the time because I use them every day that I'm there. Um, and then there's a treatment table in the middle of the space and I have a couch. Um, so as you come in, you, you park on the couch and we just sit and have a conversation similar to how you and I are chatting right now. Um, and yeah, from, from there, like we just have the conversation, we dive right into what the intention is, we go to the mat, we end up on the table. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, it just un unfolds the moment you walk in the door, or actually, I would say it unfolds the moment you schedule the appointment, right? It's like, as soon as you schedule the appointment, like there's already things shifting and moving and energetically happening. So mm -hmm. it's really, really great. And it's a quaint office. I mean, it, it, you can just feel the, the, the 
uplifting energetic vibe as soon as you walk into the doors it's not a large office but it's very accommodating for you know the practice that you have and it just is filled with light and it's just really nice i know when i first walked in there my my heart was just immediately at this sense of ease it just felt mm-hmm. really nice um yeah. coming in what's what's interesting about the space is that um Jeff Nixa, who used to be a local shaman, um, this was his first space. Um, my, my, the office that I have now is where he, um, I think it's where he first started out as a shaman. And so people would always come in when I first started working there and they would comment about the energy. And I would always, I would always say, well, yeah, a shaman used to work here. So that's why it's so great. And just within the last year or two, I've had somebody be like, would you own the energy in the space? It's your energy. <laughs> like you're like, you're feeling it with such good vibes. It's not, and I'm sure that, you know, Jeff's energy is wonderful and it's added only wonderful things to the space, but I've really, really been entering into the space of like taking ownership of like my part in creating the love and, and not just my part, right. It's, everybody who walks through that door is contributing their energy to this space. And it's just such a, I I feel so blessed to just be, um, be able to support and guide people through such, you know, it's hard stuff. Like, like they're going back and they're healing such difficult things. And I just, I'm, I'm just awe-inspired every day at people's stories and their willingness to share that with me and allow me to like walk alongside of them on their healing journey. And so all that, like, I just feel like it's so much love and compassion that just fills the space as well. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And I love that you are owning the space and, <laughs> and taking, taking that as, as what you've brought to it. Um, Jeff and I go way back. He's a pretty amazing person and very yeah, amazing. I, I, I love him to death. I, we first were introduced back, I want to say in 2008. Um, it was both our first time to Crow's Nest up in uh, Dwajak. And, you know, I've, I've oh, known him a lot. Him at the very beginning then. Yeah, yeah, I sure yeah. did. Um, I had just learned about Crow's Nest at the time and I was invited up there uh, through a friend and I was able to go up and stay um it was like i want to say like um thursday or friday night it was a friday night and they were actually leaving to go up to south manitou island to do a vision quest i didn't know what the whole thing was about or what was going on and i was certainly not prepared to go off for a week to do a vision quest at that time (laughs) but i i remember when um they all took off and and left on Sunday morning and I was behind I was just like literally in tears because I wanted to be able to participate and go up there with them and that was my introduction to the crow's nest community which has just been um very heartfelt and very meaningful for me over the years and I love that I love the work that Jeff has done um in the community and and um yeah he's he's a pretty amazing and special guy for sure yeah, I, I love Jeff. I first met him through when I did my first yoga teacher training program. He came and lectured, talked to us, um, told more, more storytelling than anything else. And I was just so enraptured by this. He actually told the story of, um, oh, I'm going to, it's, it's the, the eagle and the condor, like the, the battle between like the mind and the heart. And it was, it so was just so the right time for me to hear that. And it's really, 
I, I, I share that same story a lot with a lot of my clients and, and it just touched me in such a way that I was just like, yeah, like, <laughs> like there's this inner battle going on and it's going on out in the world too. How beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. story. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. So I wanted to um, ask, do you have any upcoming special events or classes or things that you would like to highlight? Um, not at this time. So that's some of what's brewing are probably, I can I give a little hint. It's probably going to be me offering, um, like classes and teaching more, teaching people how to do what I do essentially, like really dial in and tap into their own inner wisdom. So teaching kind of the same way that I learned how to do it, like just teaching people how to do that for themselves. Um, on a more, um, like group basis. Um, so that's to come in the future. I don't have dates set at this time. Um, I do have, um, a blog and an email list. So I have been writing a lot about, um, just the wisdom healing process and different insights that I've had in my own journey and things that come from working with my clients. I just, um, I, so one of the things that I do after every session is I email my patients, um, like a summary and I call it the happiness prescription or prescription for happiness. Cause it's like, I include in there the intention that they had. And it's kind of like, it's like my summary of what your inner wisdom is telling you, like in order to like achieve whatever it is that they want. So that's why I call it the happiness prescription, but I just print it out. I have a binder that's like three inches thick of all my notes from the last year. So one of the things that I'm really excited about doing is going back and like synthesizing it all. So like um, any patient who has like autoimmune stuff going on or um, cancer or back pain, like going through and really synthesizing like the similarities and the parallels. and making it user-friendly in a way that like, I can share that information, obviously not the personal, their personal information, but share it in a way that like, Hey, you've got back pain going on. Like, let's look at some of this stuff and see if this is going on for you. Hmm. That sounds fascinating. I can say that I love seeing your, I love reading your, your emails, your newsletters. Um, When they come through, there's a lot of newsletter email subscription things that come through the box and most of them get deleted. However, yours do not there. I do find that yours is very meaningful and I, they're a delight to read. I really enjoy them. I really do. Uh, Thank you so much for saying that. It's always so nice. Just so nice to hear it. Like, cause writing, I've always loved to write, but it's something that I'm, um, creating more and more space for, for me to do. Um, and like to share some of these things that, um, there's just so, so much, I feel like that's been under the surface for so long. And I've just like, like, it's just like piling up. (laughs) So it's like, it's almost a relief to like, get it out there to other people. It's like, you know, it's doing no good in here. Like it just needs to get out into the world and actually like help people move through their healing process. So I, I love, you know, the, that's my intention for doing it. It's like, you know, just, just sharing what I've realized has been helpful for me or, or sometimes what I write comes through, um, like what I channel for my patients. So, um, you know, the, the central theme is all about healing and everything that I write. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you're you're a very good writer. I I, mm-hmm. I, I as you were talking about going through your three inch binder, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe there's a book on the way, Cassie. Maybe. <laughs> I, I have been saying, oh my god, like I remember working, um, like when I was still mainstream physical therapy. I was sharing with my patients all the time. I'm like, I want, I'm going to write a book someday. And I was like, I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but like, I'm going to, one of these days I'm going to have this like aha moment. And like, there's the book. And I actually, when I printed out these, it was probably just in the last month that I printed all these papers out and I, I put them in the binder. I'm like, that's a lot of paper. I'm like, this is a book. Like it's already a book. All I have to do is like go through and clean it up. So I'm sure there's something brewing there as well. As you were talking about like all of the different types of things that people have come to you for, it made me realize that a good question, how do I know that I need to come see you? Oh, that's such a great question. And honestly, that's been, I've worked with several business coaches over the last couple of years. And you know, the one thing that I keep hearing over and over again is they keep telling me to niche down, niche down, niche down, like, like identify your target market. And I always get so frustrated because I'm like, everybody can benefit from this work. I don't want to niche down. Um, and so I actually just came up with the most recent tagline, which was, um, now I'm going to forget it. <laughs> mastering, mastering the art of being human and happy. And so if I, if I were to use that to answer your question, it's like, are you human (laughs) and do you want to be happy? (laughs) And if your answer is yes to both of those, like, absolutely. You can come see me assuming that you're not already happy, right? (laughs) Assuming there's some aspect of your life that doesn't, right. You're not in that state of joy around it. Like something's going on. Maybe that there's a physical pain or a disease process happening in your body. Um, it could be, you know, just mental and emotional. It could just be, gosh, my, my thoughts are running rampant. They're like a runaway train and I can't get a hold of them. I can't fall asleep at night because my thoughts are just going crazy. It could be, you know, that you're actually aware that there's a past trauma or something going on that's kind of blocking you from being able to function in life. It could be anxiety, depression, sadness, Um, more and more recently, I'm doing a lot of, um, um, supporting people in their relationships in their life. So whether it's marital, um, uh, parent, child relationships, parent, child, or child, parent, um, relationships at work, like, right. We're just relationships in general. I'm finding that I have, um, you know, in addition to this gift of being able to hear the heart and the mind, like the different voices there, I can also tap into the energies of different people in relationship and see what's happening. Like, oh, they're getting triggered in this case, and then they get triggered, and this is what's happening, and this is your pattern, and this is the way out of the pattern, right? Um, and so I'm, I'm actually attracting a lot of people who are struggling in, re- in relationships right now, and it's just really helpful for them to see you know, I think a lot of us have this notion of like, you know, there's all the sayings about if, if a relationship doesn't feel good, get out, <laughs> like escape from it. And it's like, no, actually, how do we stay in the relationship and heal the pattern, right? So that it doesn't repeat itself when we move on to another relationship. And that's really so much about 
you know, my, my work is so much about healing from the inside so that we don't need our relationships to be perfect on the outside in order for us to be at peace in our life. Cause they're never, they're never going to be perfect. Cause we are all human, right? There's always, there's always going to be challenges. And it's like, how, how do we bolster who we are on the inside so that we can meet those challenges and interact and coexist with people in a harmonious and peaceful way. Awesome. So we all need to come and see you. (laughs) (laughs) I I lost track of the question there for a minute. I was going to say, there's also a component of wanting to do deep introspective work, right? Not everybody wants to do deep introspective work. My guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you want to, and you're ready to do deep introspective work. Um, I have a lot of um, parents in particular who will try to like buy sessions for their children because they like, right. They want them to heal. And it's like, no, actually like the patient needs to be the one to reach out and and take that initiative and, and say, yeah, this is something that I really want to do. Or sometimes spouses will try to like wives will try to get their spouse to come in for treatment. And it's like, if this is not their thing and you force it on them, it's not, it's not going to be helpful. And it's, it's just really hard to work with somebody who doesn't really want to be there and who doesn't want to dive into what's going on under the surface. So that, that I would say is really important, just that there's a willingness and a readiness to do this work Mm -hmm. and a space, right? You have to have space in your life. Yeah. It's not, it's not just come see me for an hour and everything's all better. Like it's really come see me, understand what's going on under the surface and then go apply it in your life. Right. It's, it's oh, not, you give them homework. Uh-huh. There homework is homework. Is good. Homework I is don't good. give them homework. Their inner wisdom gives them homework. Uh-huh. And that's part of the prescription. Right. It's part of yeah. their homework is becoming like, right. Becoming who you are on the inside, allowing that to like surface and shine through. Um, so it's not like, it's not like going to a traditional physical therapist and it's like, do do three sets of 10, three times a day. Right. It's not exercises like that. It's literally, um, changing their patterns. If it's a relationship thing, changing how they relate to anxiety, changing, um, how they relate to their pain. So instead of, you know, a lot of us, if we have knee pain and the knee, like, right. If the pain flares or something, we go into the state of like, now I have to deal with this. And then like, right. We get really frustrated and it's like, no, love the pain, ask it what it's there for, understand what it's trying to show you. Um, and so the homework is like that, right. It's just like about being present to what's going on in your life. And you're absolutely right. It does require space to be able to be present, even if it's just like, you know, 15 minutes to give myself space to be able to just sit and be and be able to tap into if it's my knee that in this example of that's yeah. flaring up that's, you know, that I just want to get angry about because it continues to be a nuisance for me and it continues to get in the way of whether if it's maybe I'm a jogger and I can't jog because I got this thing. And but it does require space healing requires space for our ourselves to be able to hear our inner wisdom. Um, there's a very clear, clean voice that comes through. However, if we've got all of the noise, we can't hear it and be Mm -hmm. able to tap in to explore what's really coming through and trying to unfold. It absolutely requires space to do that. By far, my clients who 
are getting the best results are, um, I don't know how you want to say it. They're healing they're they're rising above, like they're really connecting and aligned with their inner being They're They're, they're doing the work, right? Like every day, even if it's like 10 or 15 minutes, they're reading the notes that I send them and they're tapping into that feeling space that we get to during the session. Um, and it's so important. It, it, it's, it's, I just can't underemphasize like how important it is to create space for yourself to do the work because it's literally, you know, it's like, who, who we have been being, we've been being that 24 hours a day, (laughs) seven days a week. And so to think that one hour on a table with me is going to change (laughs) a whole lifetime of behavior and patterning, it's not going to happen. You have, you have to do the work to, to make the transformation come alive in between sessions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So I wanted to go on into our rapid rapid fire questions. So Cassie, question number one, what do you love most about being a holistic practitioner? Wow. I love just sharing stories of, of healing of, um, it sounds weird to say, but just sharing stories of hurt and trauma and sharing it in a way that's not, um, not like boohoo, woo is, woe is me, but like the transformation that comes from like, I love, I love seeing the transformation because all transformation comes out of pain. And so just that, that journey of transformation is, um, yeah, I just feel so blessed to be a part of that. Yeah, it is amazing to be able to witness witness those stories and how they evolve mm-hmm. over time. It's fabulous and exquisite to be able to see how those stories unfold. There's mm-hmm. always a moment like um, like that aha moment, like the moment I was sharing to you about when I had the gestational diabetes and she shared with me about no joy in my life. Like that, that is such a moment and to witness that for other people when they're like, oh, like, that's why this has been going on. And it's like, I just know, like, there's just this moment where you're like, you're never going to be the same again. Cause you just, you just figured something out about yourself that is just by knowing it is like super transformational. And there's something about being present at that moment. That is just so amazing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. So rapid fire question two. What are three words that describe how people feel after having a, a session with you? Mm, peaceful, calm, and there's like a, a motivation or like a readiness for action. Mm, that's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And rapid fire question three, if someone were lacking confidence or just felt uncomfortable with reaching out to you for the very first time, what advice, advice would you have uh, for them to help set their minds mind at ease? Um, I would ask them to really identify 
where that lack of what voice that lack of confidence was coming from because more than likely it's coming from the mind um and most people who come across my information like it's not by mistake it's it's divinely guided right like yeah i've heard so many stories of people being like i was just looking for something and then all of a sudden your card just appeared right and so that's like it's like their inner wisdom is guiding them and and if they're letting their mind talk them out of it um yeah like like get clear about why is the mind trying to keep me from healing and just reach out (laughs) just reach out like reaching out like just reach out right like it's you're not committing to working with me you're just reaching out to find more information and not everybody reaches out schedules right it's just like you know sometimes we just gotta lean in toward into our intuition you know why why is this person's business card in front of me like just lean into it and explore what's there for you Mm -hmm. i love that so best ways of getting a hold of you, um, I, I've got your website as www.kurma, K-U-R-M-A-P-T, like physical therapy, PT.com. Yes. Yes. And your Facebook is Inspire Holistic PT. And yep. then you have your Instagram at Casey underscore seal. Yes. Awesome. Is I will go ahead and make sure that we have your information on the show notes. So anybody listening to this can just go to the show note page and you will be able to see all of Cassie's uh, uh, information as far as how to get a hold of her. And um, this has been such a joy and a pleasure, Cassie. Um, thank you oh so my much. Gosh, it's been so wonderful. I'm so grateful to be able to spend this time with you and just share so much about what I do. I'm so appreciative for the work that you're doing in our community. It's so needed and so beneficial. So thank you for being you and bringing your gift to our little world here. My pleasure. It is my joy to be able to share all of the amazing healers, practitioners, and all the great things that are going on in the community, for sure. Mm -hmm. That makes my heart happy to hear that. Wow, that was just so much fun, wasn't it? I wanted to make sure that you, our listeners, got a chance to find out more about the amazing music in this podcast. It is featuring... Josie Dugan, and she is a local pianist and vocalist in the area. She um, has amazing music that I really love and appreciate. The piano at the beginning was from her um, album titled The Crystal Cave, and the track title is called Repose. And here, this track um, is called Like a Genie. It's her newest track. I really like it a lot. And it's off of the album titled The Babylon Odyssey. You can find out more about Josie and her music on Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. And I will be sure to make sure that all of her information is also located in the show notes. Enjoy the track. This is 
Use it to diffuse the world's arguments. Hey. 